Let no man therefore judge you in meat or in drink or in respect of a holy day or of the new moon or of the Sabbath days, which are a shadow of things to come. Let no man beguile you of your reward. I'm sorry, but the body is of Christ. Let no man beguile you of your reward in a voluntary humility and worshiping of angels, intruding into those things which he hath not seen, vainly puffed up by his fleshly mind, full of pride as we were saying, and not holding the head, Christ, from which all the body by joints and bands having nourishment ministered and knit together increaseth with the increase of God. Then one more portion in Colossians chapter 2, verse 2. It says that their hearts might be comforted, being knit together in love. And unto all the riches of the full assurance of understanding, to the acknowledgement of the mystery of God and of the Father and of Christ. I want you to notice those two similar phrases. In Colossians chapter 2, he said, being knit together in love. And then in Colossians chapter 2, verse 19, he said, having nourishment ministered and knit together. I want to preach to you tonight with the help of the Lord on the family of God. The family of God. Let us pray. Reverend Tuig, sir, would you please pray over our messenger, messenger. Amen, amen. You may be seated. Something wonderful about a family, isn't it? A place where you can kind of let your hair down. A place where you have access. A place where you can be encouraged and accepted. A place where they know all about you and they still love you. They know your failures. They know your strengths. They know where you've been. And they have hopes that you'll go where you want to go also. And so a family is a glorious thing. The family of God. Can you do something for me real quick? Can you smile? Amen. If you can't smile, I'm sorry. I didn't do anything to you. We love you. Hopefully you love us. You can come on in and worship the Lord. The Bible said we're supposed to worship him joyfully. Amen. Amen. And so we come. This is kind of loud up here if you can help me. And so we come not only to speak about a family in the natural sense, but we want to speak about a family in the spiritual sense. The other day we had a, a home Bible study, or I should say a, uh, it wasn't a home Bible study, but we had a small group Bible study on Grand at the dedicated senior health place. And uh, it was a, a Sister Laverne was there, my wife and I, and then there was brand new people, people that we have never uh, talked to before, all came together and we had a Bible study. It was a blessing. One of the things that came up, one of the men said, well, we are all children of God, aren't we? And there was folks trying to get in, their two cents and whatnot. And, and I understand in one sense where he's coming from. The fact that we are all created by God is true. But we are not all the family of God. We don't all belong to him as sons and daughters of God. 
Matter of fact, the Bible tells us there are those who are the sons and daughters of God, and there are those that are the sons of the devil. You'd hate to have him for a father, amen? My goodness. And so when you think about who is in the family of God, you've got to understand it's not an automatic thing. You don't get to be in the family of God just because you believe that Jesus is God. As the scripture tells us, the devils believe also. They tremble, but they're not in the family of God. Aren't you glad? Because then he would be your brother, right? He is not my brother. No matter what the Mormons say, they say that Jesus and, and the devil are brothers, but that's not true, amen? Some of that stuff, man, you just got to hurl into the abyss, if you would. There is a family of God, and the Bible tells us who it is and who it isn't. In Romans chapter 8, verse 14, he said, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. So those men and women who are directed by God, doing the things of God, those are the people who are the sons of God. How can they be led of the Spirit and do the things of God except that God by the Holy Spirit has changed them, given them a new heart on the inside, transformed them, and therefore by the Spirit of God, by the blood of Jesus cleansed, and by the Spirit of God empowered, they become the sons and daughters of God. They are different. They don't walk like everybody else. They don't talk like everybody else. They are different in their thinking. They're different in their associations. They are different in every aspect of their life. But because they are sons and daughters of God, they have access to the Father. There is a story of a young boy outside of President Lincoln's uh, Oval Office, or maybe it wasn't the Oval Office, but outside the presidential office at the time. A lot of people were milling around waiting to get in. And this young boy struck up a conversation with one of the soldiers there. And the soldier was uh, thinking that he wasn't going to be able to get in. He said, man, I, I want to get in and talk to the president. And the boy was just enamored with his uniform and everything going on. But he said, I don't think I'm going to be able to get in. And the boy said, just a second. And he walked right into the office. And then he came back out and he brought the soldier in. Who was the boy? It was the son, Tad Lincoln of Abraham Lincoln. And because he was the son of the president, he had access and he was able to get the soldier in. So when we are sons and daughters of God, we have access to God the Father. When things are going strange, I can come before him and say, Father, I need your help. When I need a healing in my body, I know I've got a father that cares about my pain and he cares about my sickness. When I I'm confused. I have a father that cares about my peace. I have access to the father day and night. I don't have to worry about the internet going down. I don't have to worry about a busy signal. I don't have to worry about God calling me back whenever he's got time. He's always got time for his sons and daughters. But everybody that is a human being is not a son or daughter of God. Jesus said you must be born again. We must be born into the family of God. Listen to this in Philippians chapter 2 and verse 15. He said that you may be blameless and harmless, the sons of God, without rebuke, in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation, among whom ye shine as lights in the world. Matter of fact, this is leading up to our, our next sermon series uh, sun, this Sunday, well, we're talking about living pure in an impure world. 
Raising godly children in an ungodly world. So come, that's this Sunday. Be a part. Let God speak to you. Don't forget to change your clocks ahead one hour. That's this Saturday. I know if you got a smartphone, it'll do it for you. But if you wake up and look at your oven and you think you've got an hour time, you might not have an hour time. Amen. If you like that brother the other night that came in and said, I was coming into church. Everybody else was coming out. I thought it started at 7.30. No, on Sunday night at 6.30. Amen. And so he was saying that you would be blameless and harmless, the sons of God. When God cleanses us, when God saves us, he cleans us up to bring us into his family. And he gives us the ability to live a different life. We are no longer sucked into every uh, current of the world. We are no longer floating downstream with every bunch of garbage of the world. We become different. We become different because we are cleaned by the blood of Jesus, a son or daughter of God is not like everybody else. There was a, I won't say who, but there was a minister's daughter who was, I can't remember if it was her hair or clothes, but it wasn't quite right. And she was getting ready to go to church and her mom, I think it was her mom, said, oh no, you're you're pastor so-and-so's daughter, you can't go to church like that. You need to go back and straighten that up and get that all worked out. And so she did. What was she saying? Hey, you've got a high standard to live to. When we are sons and daughters of God, we're walking around representing Jesus. We have a high standard to live to. Amen. The world wants to see joy. The world wants to see purity. If we act like the world and we talk like the world and we do what the world does and we take on the characteristics of the world, then what? why would the world want to be like us? We're just like them. We've got to be willing to be different. We've got to be willing to speak differently, to dress differently, to talk differently. We don't listen to the world's music. We don't watch the world's media. Why? Because we're sons and daughters of God. I can't go in there. I can't do that. Why? Because I'm a son of God Almighty. I am a son of God. There are blessings being in the family of God. First, you got to get in. How do I get in? I'm born again into the family of God. I surrender my sin and ask Christ to bring me in. And when I am saved, I become a son or a daughter of God. What are the blessings of being in the family? I have a place where I can always come home to. I can always come home to. Sometimes you read of those who got fired from their job. That's got to be a scary thing by God's grace. I've been laid off before where there wasn't enough work and they said, hey, we don't have any work for you. You have to come back in a couple weeks. So by God's grace, never been fired necessarily. But that's got to be a scary thing. Going from a place of Now no longer having income to be able to pay your bills and pay your rent. And I read recently of uh, a lady, she was uh, fired from, I think it was Twitter. I think she was fired from Twitter. And they were saying, oh, what a hard worker she was and everything. But now she no longer had a job. And she was looking around and she said, man, the, the job market was just a bunch of hot trash. And she was getting ready to move back in with the folks. And that's got to be a little humbling. But at the same time, aren't you glad that you've got a home that you can go to? Amen. 
aren't you glad you've got a, a spare bedroom that mom and pops will, will open up and say, come on in. We'll help you until you get back on your feet. You've got a family. You've got a home to go to. Now in the family of God, sometimes people will walk away. Sometimes they'll go their own way. They'll have their own attitudes. They'll have their own little things going on in their mind. And they'll break off. But eventually when things go south and things don't go the way that they want to. And they say, where can I go and be accepted? I can come back to God humble myself and say, God, if you'll forgive me, I want to come home. And God will throw open the door and say, you can come home. I can give you a new start. You can be a part of the family again. It's a place I can always come home to, a place I can be known and helped. Something about family where you can let down your, your guard, so to speak. Well, you're not worried about every hair being in place when you're among family. Now, again, I'm saying that we represent family out in the world. We want to be appropriate. But when you're at home, you can kind of say, this is my family. I'm not trying to present an image. They know me and they love me. That's one of the great things about being married is that you find somebody that knows all about you, your foibles, your annoying little habits, your little things that, are, uh, that drive everybody else crazy. But they say, I love you so much, I'll put up with it because I love you. You're part of family. A place where I can be known and yet helped. Just because somebody knows about my foibles or my problems doesn't mean if they really love me that they're just going to accept them. A father, I read a book a while back, it was called, uh, I think it was called My Beautiful Boy. And it was talking about a father and dealing with his son's drug addiction. And it started when he was just a teenager and, and the drug addiction got so bad it, it warped his mind. And it even went into the scientific, scientific study of how long-term use actually changes the, the, the brain waves. To where somebody could go six months without using and their brain is so affected that they're driven back to it even after a long, prolonged period of being clean. And it went on and on describing how this father just laid out his life and spent all the money and did everything he could because he so loved his son. Isn't that a picture of our father? who constantly reaches out to us, in the midnight hour deals with our heart, as we're going to work saying, come on, you can do better, who's constantly cheering us on to go to higher heights, who is saying, I know you've stumbled, but you can get up again, who when we are frustrated and can't stand our own mentality and our own shortcomings, we can look to a father who says, don't you dare quit, don't you give up, because I'm not giving up on you, and I know I've got miracle power that can make you new, and I know that I did that. I sent my son to die for you so that you can be new in your heart and new in your mind, and old things are passed away, so don't you dare give up. Family is a place that we can be known and helped. It is a place where we can be encouraged, a place where we can be encouraged. You've heard me tell the joke before of a mom there at the graduation at, uh, of basic training watching all the soldiers. And she said, look at all those soldiers. Every one of them is out of step except my son. That's how moms look at us, amen. 
they encourage us. They believe you may be five foot one. They say, man, I believe you could be an NBA center. Amen. <laughs> you could be as dumb as a rock and she, she just thinks you could be a rocket scientist because she's your mom. Amen. But a family is someone that will encourage you. A family is someone, and a, a, the family of God is a place that you can be encouraged. It says, you don't believe in you, but God believes in you. In the Old Testament, we find Gideon, the man who was uh, threshing wheat down inside a wine press, down in a hole, hiding from the enemies, when the angel of God appeared to him and said, O oh, Gideon, thou mighty man of valor. And you get this picture. Here's this guy. He's hiding. He's down in a hole because he's afraid that somebody's going to see him doing this and they're going to rush in and take his food. And yet the angel says, you mighty man of valor. And you have to almost wonder why uh, Gideon turned around and said, who are you talking to? I know you're not talking to me. I'm hiding. I'm down here. Well, what was he saying? I see something in you. I see a future in you that you don't see in yourself. I'm so glad that God saw a future in me and he encouraged me and he gave me encouraging pastors and encouraging brothers and encouraging sisters that said, just keep going. The best is yet to come. And he kept on believing in me and kept on pouring into me. Why? Because I'm part of the family of God. But I want you to notice something. The family of God is not selfish. It's not selfish. The Bible said, I read to you in the book of Colossians verse 19, he said, the head from which all the body by joints and bands having nourishment ministered and knit together increaseth with the increase of God. So we have Christ, we have this picture of a body, Jesus being the head. And from that head, this nourishment, spiritual nourishment, gets pushed down to every aspect, every part of that body. But it's got to pass through the shoulder to get to the wrist. And it's got to pass through the belly going down to the feet. And so everything is connected. It said it's knit together. It was God's design that we would be dependent upon him and interdependent upon each other. And so sometimes, especially with the uh, advent of streaming, we have this idea that we could somehow serve God just by ourselves. Now that may be possible, to sit at home and watch a sermon and get something from God for us. But it doesn't, doesn't minister nourishment to others. It becomes selfish. It's only about what I am getting instead of what I'm supposed to contribute. Amen? And so a Christian who is part of a family of God must understand I come to church not just for my good, but I come to church because I am ministering nourishment to the others that are connected to me. You say, who's connected to me? Man, everybody that sees you walk in this church, you're making a statement to them. When the people see that church parking lot filled up on Sundays and all the people coming, it makes a statement to the community. And when we stay at home and say, well, I'm just going to watch something at home, that may be okay for you, but it doesn't contribute to the nourishment of the body. It is a selfish way to live. And it doesn't fulfill what God said. Now what happens is eventually when we become 
selfish like that and we're sitting at home taking in our nourishment, we become separated. Because when I minister nourishment to somebody else, just by being as a part of the family of God, I make that tie stronger. When I'm pouring into them and they're pouring into me and there's, there's a fellowship and there's a, a, a bond that's poured, just seeing one another service after service saying, thank God there's Brother Caven. Thank God there's Sister Groves. Thank God there's Brother Ron. Thank God there's Sister Jonah. And there's that strengthening. I know they're going to be there. They're always in church. They're serving God. When the devil says, man, nobody's serving God, I can say, wait a second. On Thursday night, I saw Brother Ron and Sister Jonah and Sister Groves and Brother Haven, and that becomes the body becomes stronger. But when we're not in here, it's like removing a part of the body. And eventually, that person that's just taking in and not contributing, their bonds and their, con- their, their uh, connections to the body are further and further loosened. And they become separated. Here's the trick we always think we're stronger than we really are. We always think we're stronger than we really are. And so when we come to church and we say, man, I, I'm, I am somebody and I can, I, can, I can get the what I need from sitting at home, and the devil just sets up a trap. He loosens those connections to the other family members. They get used to not seeing you around. They just think that they must not be a part of the family anymore. Their, their prayer connection to you is probably loosened because, well, you're not there anymore. You don't see some of the people that you would normally see. If you're streaming online, you only see one person or a few maybe if you're looking at the musicians. And so those bonds and those connections are loosened. Your children don't see how important it is to come to church because you don't come. We've been struggling with this, Reverend Hill and, and I think Brother Tuhig, we all had this conversation. Man, where have all the children gone? And sometimes you know those families that have children and they just don't bring them. And I understand, sometimes it's difficult. You got to get them out of bed. You got to get them, pull them away from the computer. You got to cut off their heartbeat and tell them to turn off their phone. Amen. Don't worry, you'll live. It'll be okay. You know. It's not the same as a, as a, as a heart. If you, if you turn it off, your, your body will continue to live. It's, it's okay. You got to get them dressed and get them out and get them in the house of God. And sometimes there's that, that, uh, that conflict. And I understand sometimes it's difficult and it's easier to just say, well, I'll just go. But it doesn't help them. I'm almost done. The family of God. There are blessings in family. But there are things that we have to be aware of. I don't want to be a selfish family member and just come in to get something. I'm blessed. My wife is really not a selfish person. And so there'll be plenty of times where uh, she'll bring home, I'll, we'll go to a restaurant, I'll eat all my food. And she'll eat half of it and bring home a doggy bag. It's a Davy bag, that's my first name. <laughs> Or a husband bag. And, and what will happen is she'll set it in there. And the next day she'll say, hey, I've got food in the fridge if you want it. You can take my, uh, my meal from yesterday. I'm thinking, doesn't she want it? And, and, and usually she's always wanting to give it to me. 
I had two Hershey's Kisses I came across today. And I said, uh, first I said, hey, if you're nice to me, I'll give you a kiss. <laughs> I was teasing with her. And she looked at me. We were just smiling, having a good time as we were out soul winning today. And I forgot about it. I put it in my pocket. And after a while, I realized, oh, I got these two kisses. And I ate one. And I was looking at the other one. I really wanted it. <laughs> and I said, baby, would you like this one? And she looked and said, oh, no. And she let me have it. Now, I'm not sure if she wanted it or not. But what I've learned through over 30 years of marriage is she almost always prefers me. And I try to respond and, and say, hey, you want part of my apple? Hey, you want this? You want that? You want whatever? Because I don't want to be selfish. I want to be generous. And I'm not just talking about money. She might be talking about money. But I'm talking about our time and our energy and our love and our affection. And when it comes to God, our devotion to our family, our church. Would you bow your head, close your eyes, the musicians are getting ready to come. They're going to sing that song again. As you listen to the words, it talks about, I've been born again into your family. I'm so glad that one day God reached out to me. He loved me so much and said, if you'll repent of your sins, you can be born again into this family. Thank God, because it's the greatest family that ever could be. You're here tonight, and you say, I want that family. I want to know that when I die, I'm going to go to heaven. I want to have brothers and sisters that love me, that are attached to me, that care about me. I want to have a place I can come to that even though I may have failed, I can come home and they'll open their arms to me and make a way for me. That's what God wants for you. If that's what you're after tonight, why don't you come to this altar, lift up your heart and say, Jesus, I surrender all. Come into my heart. I want to know that when I die, I'm going to heaven. I want to be a part of that family of God today. Come on, these altars are open. Let's all find a place of prayer.